I have the pleasure of speaking with again Jonathan Jakuwicz, the director of Resistance. Last time we spoke was for Hands of Stone. Uh, the Resistance was phenomenal. I did not expect that performance from Jesse Eisenberg as Marcel Marceau. It was fantastic. Congratulations on the film. Thank you so much. That that was the idea, you know, to to give a completely different Jesse Eisenberg right. to to the audience. That was my goal, and I I really think he pulled it off. It's really unbelievable. And it's not knocking Jesse at all as an actor. He's a fantastic actor. It's just that this performance was something special. Well, it's in a way the opposite of what he's great at. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, he's great at playing these dark characters, mean, selfish. You know, evil people, <laughs> right? And that's exactly why I thought he would be fascinating to watch in a in a film about a guy who decides to put his own life away in the service of saving the lives of children. And and I think that's why it's so moving because you 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 don't feel is a person naturally inclined to be a hero, but he definitely becomes a hero. And and changes in the process, and right. and I I thought that was the fascinating thing about the story. How Marcel at the beginning feels the war is basically in the middle between him and his realization as an artist. Mm. When you know the very experience of going through the war is what's going to turn him into the artist that you know changed history in his discipline. And I I feel that was the goal. For, for Jesse and I when, when we started shaping the performance. And I think that's the main reason why people are connecting so much with what he did. And to think the fact that this was a man who was an artist that joined the French resistance and through pantomime to help these children came out and created an entire career of being a mime in France is unbelievable. It is. It is unbelievable. I was, you know, moved from the beginning when I heard the story and, and the more I got into it, you know, I met with the uh, first cousin of Marcel, George Loinger, when he was 106. Wow. Um, he's the one that invited Marcel to, to come and help him with the children. And and he he told me that, that you know, he, he was fantastic because Marcel was almost born for this journey, you know, because what the, the two things you need to 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 have with children who are escaping Nazis is first of all that they are calm and not nervous because mm -hmm. that can completely destroy everything, and and second of all that they are silent, mm -hmm. and you know, Mar the Marcel turned silence into a, an art, and right. and immediately when I learned that I, I felt that this story needed to be told and I didn't rest until we made it into a film. Well, you did a fantastic job with it. Uh, you and I both have similar backgrounds. I'm a Syrian and I know you're a Polish Jew, so I'm the ancestor or I'm the descendant of uh, survivors from the genocide of 1915 and you're the descendant of survivors from the Holocaust of 1945. But you also are a Polish Jew, just like Marcel Marceau. Is there an even greater tie to this because of your Polishness and of being Jewish to telling his story? Because you're both artists and you both survived. Well, and not only me, also Jesse comes from Polish Jews. <laughs> okay, I didn't know Jesse was Polish. 
<laughs> yeah, this is a bunch of Polish Jews telling the story of Marcel. <laughs> um, but absolutely, I mean, there, I am. Both sides of my family are are descendants of. I mean, are Polish Jews, mm-hmm. and and both sides of my family lost most of their lives in in the Holocaust. And obviously, it's a very personal world and a very personal story for me. But it goes even further. The the story of the girl Elspeth. Who, mm-hmm. Who he has a relationship in the movie, um, and and becomes sort of attached to him, um, is is loosely based on the story of my aunt who survived the war in an in an orphanage run by the church. Mm-hmm. And you know when I was doing research, I I was able to research most of the characters, but I could never find a specific story of one of the children that they saved. So instead of just coming up with a fictitious story, I I drawn from a story I know really well, which is the the survival story of my aunt, and and uh, that's what you see. And my aunt's called El- Elizabeth, and and the girl's called Elspeth, and it w- it felt very personal when directing the film that I was truly telling the story of my family as well. And what was your family's reaction to seeing the final film? Well, I. I, it was incredible. I mean, I, I just showed it to them. They, my mother had seen it previously. My mother lives in Tel Aviv, and, and she saw it a few months ago, and it was very emotional. She saw it three times back to back. Wow. <laughs> and and I just showed it to my father, my brother, and my aunt, Elspeth, in the Miami Film Festival. <laughs> and it was very, very special. We We actually showed it in the Olympia Theater in in Miami, which is a historic theater. And then we realized um, because of a technician who has worked in the theater all his life that Marcel Marceau had performed in that same theater mm-hmm. um, decades ago. So it was even more special, but it, it, it's it's unique. You know, this film is, is connecting and I'm very proud because I, I you know, I, when you do a film like this, it's, it's very... It's very important that it connects emotionally with the audience and the reactions we've seen so far are so powerful. I, I honestly couldn't be happier and couldn't be more proud. And so is my family. You know, they are they are very proud. They are speechless in a way for for seeing how how much of their story and how much they care about what I what I just did. You know, they were proud before because I was a filmmaker, but now it it sort of became a different relationship with my own work because it's not just a filmmaker, it's a filmmaker that represents them. When you're making a film like this, you know, do you take a moment of silence before or during the shoot to remember the people that were lost and to remember their survivors as well? Or is it work, 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 and then at the end you pause and remember everyone that was lost? Honestly, I I never stopped remembering them. You know, it's I mean, we were shooting the movie between Prague, the Czech Republic and Germany, you know, so there there wasn't a moment where I wasn't thinking about them. Even even when you're sleeping, you know, we were sleeping in an apartment that was 3 blocks away from Hitler's apartment in Munich, you know, mm-hmm. so it, there's no escaping from from the this event that, that keeps staring at you and 
and you know he he can he kept giving me strength because the shoot was very difficult, very challenging. It was a very ambitious um, production schedule. We didn't have enough days, and every day felt at the beginning like it was impossible to achieve. And and you know I, for the first time I found myself praying on set, <laughs> and, and and I often wasn't truly praying to a God, I was praying to the survivors, you know, to the people who whose story I was telling. I was just feeling like somebody needs to give me strength to pull this off. And I still don't know how we were able to pull it off. The movie feels so gigantic, you right. know, I mean, you, you watch it. I saw it in, in Miami. I was like, how can this be such a big movie, you know, yeah. and, and it's, it's really one little miracle after another that we were able to pull it off. And, and, and the, there wasn't really a moment of silence. There was a moment of creation and, and collective creation. And, and the very fact that we were, you know, collaborating between Jews and Germans and in, in, in doing this film was in itself a message. And, and in itself, in a way, uh, the redemption of of this difficult past that that we were portraying. And with Passover coming up, and we just had Purim the other day, uh, what does this do with your own faith in Judaism? Does it revitalize it? Does it still keep you on the outskirts, looking in? Or is there a greater connection to it? Because you said you weren't necessarily praying to God, but you were asking for the help of the, the deceased. I mean, I, I I am passionately in love with with Judaism, in but it, it goes beyond the religion. You know, I I love the the Passover story. Um, you know, I think it's it's truly the best story ever told. I mean, if you really as a as a screenwriter, you sit down and you read the Exodus, mm-hmm. it's unbelievable. Yeah. You know, and the fact that this was written so long ago and, you know, whether if it was divine or not divine inspired, the fact is you could argue is the best story of all times. And, and, and that, you know, has only increased my love for Judaism and has also um, increased my love for all kinds of Jews. You know, there, there is this division sometimes among the Jewish people that, you know, liberals don't like conservatives, religious don't like reform and, you know, right. between the Jews in America and the Jews in Israel. And I, I feel so connected after spending three years in a world where all Jews were equal for the Nazis mm-hmm. that immediately feels that those differences are silly. And and I but I definitely became more of a believer after this experience. That there's no there's no doubt about that. Right, because you said it was a very tight schedule, but watching the film, it felt like you at least had six to nine months to make it. You know, on a shoot. <laughs> I, I, we had thirty eight days. Thirty eight days. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. To pull that off in 38 days is phenomenal. It's impossible, you know, and, and and everybody thought it was impossible, but I we had no other choice. It was either that or not making it, and we, we made it, you know, and, and it was always intended to look like we, we had nine months, you know, and 
but but that's the that's the magic of of truly preparing you know preparing with the actors preparing with the team i always work with my same dp my same production designer my same visual effects team and and i you know we were very prepared and and honestly a lot of things happened in in you know by in the last second we were able to pull it off and i also used some some of my own experience in making you know action and shooting stuff and shooting all the fights in hands of stone and all that stuff you you learn a few tricks on how to make things more efficient and and how to make things look bigger and and i mean i think normally in a movie like this uh the scene in the square would take a month to shoot right <laughs> and i have to say that scene was, was shot in two days you know and and it feels like a massive action sequence you know and and it's we it's just things that we learned and and we were very prepared and I put the camera on a different position in every every setup, so we were. It, it looks like it was shot with a hundred cameras, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. <laughs> right. And you know, those are little tricks that you learn with experience. You know, I I am slowly beginning to learn that experience is is one of the most important things a filmmaker can have, and obviously, I didn't know how important it was until I had some. Right. You you mentioned that you were constantly thinking about the people that we lost and then the survivors throughout the entire shoot. Uh, was there a moment in the film where you just yourself broke down and had to take five, ten minutes to regroup? Like, to me, for me, if I was the filmmaker, it would have been at the time when uh, Emma's sister was suffering through her torture in front of her. Uh, was there any moment that was very close to home in filming that made you break down a little bit? I mean, there were there were many moments, you know. It, it's uh, I can't I can't even count how many moments I cried behind the monitor, you know. I mean, it was very very emotional. I think one moment was when when Edgar Ramirez and, and Bella Ramsey are there uh, in the opening scene um, before Kristallnacht, just because it it was so similar to the way me, my wife, and our daughter go to sleep every night <laughs> and that he, he really felt like those were us, you know, right. and, and, and he, I, I, obviously the, the scene with the sister was, was horrifying. And, but, but also when we were shooting the final scene when, when Marcel is performing for the troops, that scene was shot in the Congress hall, which is a this stadium that Hitler was building for himself with a 50,000 people capacity and a podium in the middle. Right. And and it was right at the place where the Nuremberg rallies used to take place, and it, it's the whole the whole area is like a temple that Hitler bu- built for himself. And we were shooting the scene about this mime in silence, you know, remembering the victims of the war. And and that night was the night of the shooting at the Tree of Life synagogue in Pittsburgh. Wow! So it really. There was really like a, a very personal connection for all of us because Jews were being killed in a synagogue in Pittsburgh, while while other Jews were in Nuremberg 
shooting at a place where the Nuremberg rallies took place, um, a scene about, you know, understanding and, and overcoming the war and remembering the victims. So I, I can't say I broke down, but the whole thing was like completely, uh, emotional and, and you couldn't stop, you know, this movie was every day extremely mm-hmm. emotional yeah. for me. It's emotional now. I mean, I watched it the other day and I was tearing up, uh, you know, the, and I'm a big man. So for me to say that publicly, people will look at me and go, you almost started crying. Yeah, I almost started crying. Um, there, <laughs> there was a, there was a scene that was very powerful or a very, a moment in the film that was very powerful. Uh, since we spoke about the Exodus just briefly and I reread it a couple of days ago, um, where one of the Nazis is telling Emma, I'm sorry, not one of the Nazis. Uh, one of the French resistance fighters is telling Emma that uh, the Jews are what the Nazis fear the most because you were the only people to ever, ever liberate yourselves from slavery. And it was said so casually and so subtly that if you weren't paying attention, you know, it would have been difficult to understand. But that one line hit so hard, you know. What is the significance of hearing a French actress say that out loud and it's captured on film? It was it's powerful. I mean I also I also love that dialogue in that line, you know, the the notion that the the reason for anti Semitism is that Jews are emancipated slaves is to me very powerful and, and very important because the there is so many oppressors in the history of of humankind that have chosen the Jews as the scapegoat that you know the the easy tendency of the antisemites is to say, "Well, if everybody hates you, there must be a reason uh-huh. um but this is the first time that i that I hear that that may be the reason the reason is that oppressors are scared to death. Of, of a people who who emancipated themselves and and whose foundational story talks about leaving slavery behind and creating your own society and obviously it was a very special thing that was the last scene we shot in the whole movie and and it was it was very special to shoot it and it's it, to me very important that it's that it's a part of the film and it's a, it's a very strong part of the film. I know you said that it was Marcel's cousin when he was 106 that helped you get the movie rolling. What? Um, I don't know if he's still around and saw the film or if you got to talk to Marcel's children and what they thought of the film. But his family's general reaction afterwards, because we know your family enjoyed it. What about Marcel's? Because he was such a big impact on not only France, but the world through his pantomime. Um, unfortunately, uh, George passed away last year and he was 108, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, when I met with him, he felt like he could live forever, you know, but he was 106 then and, um, and he passed away. So unfortunately we were unable to show him the film, but his family is, was very moved and, and very supportive. Um, Marcel's kids are working on a, on a movie in France to tell the story of Marcel's as a performer in the later years. 
of of their lives. So, you know, because they have an ex- exclusive deal with that movie, mm-hmm. they couldn't be part of it. So I can really speak about it. Um, I would presume they are going to really love it, but I understand that they want to celebrate more the performer in the pantomime than the World War II hero. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you the, this about Marcel, because neither one of us got a chance to meet him. But the fact that he survived the Vichy French, he survived the war, he survived the Holocaust, and still was a French resident. How powerful is that as a Jewish man to sit there and go, not only did I survive you trying to kill me, but I'm still here and still where I w- was before you even thought of it? I mean, I can't really, I can't really speak for him. You know, I mean, I, I would, I, I know he was, he always felt the French didn't recognize him enough. You know, he, he one of the things that George's son uh, told me, and he was very close with Marcel, is that Marcel spent a lot of the fortune he made around the world in publicity in France because he always felt underappreciated in France and he wanted to be recognized. And, you know, I think there, there was a, a strange relationship between him in the, in, in the country. He was in a way the ambassador of France in the world. You right. know, most people associated France with Marcel Marceau, but yet in France he was underappreciated. And, and you know, I don't, I don't, I can't say how much of that was his own perception and how much of that was real, but that's how I know he felt. And that came from, from very different sources. But wow. I do got to say that when I went to France and spoke to um, potential partners in France when we were putting the movie together, they were all blown away by the story and they didn't know even that Marcel was Jewish or that he lived through any of this. So it, it is it is a, an interesting dynamic between him and, and his own country. And, and I, I, I do think the reason he was constantly touring around the world and endlessly performing had also to do that he felt better received everywhere else than in his own country. Wow, it's unfortunate. Jonathan, before I let you go, someone that knows very little about Marcel Marceau, what would you like them to learn about him from your picture? And please remind everyone the release date. Well, I mean, the first thing is that the movie is about a civilian hero that takes on the Nazis to save lives. You know, this is this is a movie about uh, uh, res- taking responsibility and, and doing the right thing when when the horror, uh, the absolute horror, is going around you. And I think we can all relate to to that because we we are living in 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 a world that is constantly being bombarded by by threats and bad news. And I think it's a, an inspiring journey to witness. Um, I think the fact that the character that we're looking at became one of the great artists of the 20th century only adds to the epic. And and I think if you don't know anything about him, you're going to fall in love with him and his journey, and and you're going to rediscover one of the great artists um, humanity has produced. And I think you're going to, in a way, are are up for a brilliant surprise because you're going to see his pantomimes after watching this movie and you're going to understand a lot of things that some people who have been watching them all their lives 
don't really know about. And, and, and I think that's going to be very exciting. Um, the movie's going to come out on March 27th, um, in theaters and also in, in a lot of places and on demand in Amazon Prime and, and YouTube and DirecTV and it's going to be everywhere. You know, so if if for some reason this new coronavirus shuts down the theaters of any city, you also have the opportunity to watch it at your home. You know, obviously it's better for me if, if people watch it on the big screen, but I think this movie can be enjoyed in any format, and and I I think it's it's going to connect with a lot of people. Absolutely. Well, hopefully people get better sooner and the, the fear of the coronavirus or at least the threat of the coronavirus subsides a little bit. One last thing. I'm sorry, this is one final question. Um, people who fought in World War II and especially Jews that fought and survived, a lot of them became comedians or artists or people uh, of stature. How do you find joy in surviving such tragedy or living through such tragedy? I think, I mean, you, you could say it's a defense mechanism. I was actually just today reading in the, in a quote from the Talmud, the, that there's a story between two rabbis. One of them says who in this marketplace, they're like in a big marketplace in a big city, um, has a place in 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 the next world, you know. I mean, in the in the world to come and in, in heaven, basically. And and his response is only those who make people laugh. Um, I I think that that is part of the essence of of Judaism. You know, there is that joy for life and a celebratory aspect to 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 Judaism that. I think has become a, me- a defense mechanism for a, a very old tradition and a very old group of people that have survived so many attempts at, at extermination. And and I think it's inevitable that, you know, we laugh because otherwise we would be crying all day. <laughs> and I think this movie is, is very good at inviting people to, to do both at the same time. And, and I always tell audiences before they watch it that if they feel like laughing or they feel like crying they should go for it because the movie allows you to do both and and i i think that is a celebration of all those who fought and who survived in the war my grandmother who also passed away at 102 was constantly using dark humor to refer to absolutely everything and and i i think that is an essential part of of what jews are and and I it's part of why I love the the, the Jewish people. <laughs> Jonathan, thank you so very much. I wish you all the success in the world and I can't wait to talk to you when your next picture comes out. Thank you so much. Right. I I am very grateful for this. All right. Take care. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.